Welcome to the Knowles Development Podcast, an exploration in leadership development. I'm your host, Brad Knowles. Now let's dive in. So let's dive into a conversation about what happens when your people want more. Hire somebody, they do a good job, they really own the position that they're in, and they're looking for bigger opportunity, uh, income potential, you know, control, influence, you know, whatever more means to them. And <clears throat> first off, I want to address the fact that usually that's a really good thing. Usually when somebody comes into your organization and nails it in the role that they're in and is looking to continue to grow and to continue to have other opportunities, that that's a great sign. That's what we want to see in the people we get into business with. Especially if you've got a, a smaller organization, you know, say under 50 people, you know, every single one of those people is so critical to the organization and critical to the growth of it that having drivers, let's label them that, somebody who's really going to drive a portion of the business is a key piece to have in your organization in multiple areas. Well, a driver, by definition, is going to want more. They're going to be a person who's prone to grow. They're going to they're going to want to stay on that growth trajectory, and they're going to want more over time. So, again, number one, this is a good problem to have. That means you most likely got into business with really good people, um, and those people are nailing it. Now, I want to stop here, and let's address this caveat that I'm attaching to it, which is, Sometimes people want more and they haven't even earned what they already have. That isn't something I'm nearly as as excited about. They haven't nailed it yet, and yet they're looking for more. Um, That's somebody who's trying to fast forward their way through the process. And, hey, you know, I I think to some extent, most people are prone to to do that, to want that. You know, if I can find a way to game the system and get ahead quicker, right, a natural bias of reward and punishment is that people like to game the system. Okay, so if I'm going to game the system and get ahead quicker, then I'm going to do it and I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. The real drivers out there understand that success is a step-by-step process and you don't get to skip any of the steps. So something I've said to people that I've hired throughout the years, you know, over and over and over again is you want the next job, nail the job you're in. Make sure that unequivocally everybody around you knows that when it comes to that thing that you do, you nail it. That's where the next opportunity comes from. So I just wanted to get that out there, that every once in a while, you're going to have somebody in your organization who's pushing for more opportunity who hasn't really earned it yet. They don't, they're not deserving of it yet. They certainly haven't owned their current position. They're not nailing the job that they're in now. 
And that's that should actually be a bit of a red flag for you. But assuming they have nailed it, this is people that we that you know that we're talking about that we want to be excited about. There's a whole other group though we're not really going to dive too deep into, and that's the people who we hire and they do a very good job in their role, and they're not looking for more opportunity. You know, I've had the pleasure of being in business with multiple people like that. You know, they've gotten to either a point in their life or a point in their career where what they do is what they want to do. And they've gotten very good at it, very efficient at it. Um, It's often a role that more often than not, they're able to turn it off at the end of the day and not kind of be on or be responsible for the role, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Uh, which a lot of you know leadership type roles require. So, oftentimes you'll have somebody in your organization who's a, a key part of the organization, really great at the thing that they do, and they don't necessarily want more. That's not necessarily a red flag. It's okay for somebody to say, "Hey, this is my sweet spot. This is where I want to be." You know, taking on the next layer of responsibility, opportunity, whatever it is, is not something I'm looking for. That's okay. In certain roles. I would not want somebody like that in a seat that I've labeled in my organization as one of these driver seats. Somebody who's really going to push the business to the next level. Somebody in a support role to a driver. Yes. Somebody in a sales position, but not driving the sales department. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. And quite honestly, I think we got to be careful here to recognize the fact that somebody in that position doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a low income earner. This is somebody who could be earning at a very high level, depending on what role that they're in. And that may be part of the piece that has them wanting to stay where they are, because the next step might require an initial give up to go up. In other words, sacrifice personally, financially, hours-wise, time-wise, whatever it might be, to get to the next level, that level of sacrifice. And that might be the thing that's got them resistant to wanting more. Okay, so we've got our caveats out of the way. Now let's dive into this, what happens when they want more. First off, I think what we've got to do is we've got to make sure that they're actually nailing the role that they're in. Not sometimes nailing the role that they're in, but really nailing it. And to me, that means going above and beyond. When we set an expectation or we set a minimum standard for what we expect, they're finding ways to over-deliver, whether it be in the customer interface, uh, you know, affiliate interface, you know, vendor interface, whatever it might be that's pertinent to their role, they're finding ways to at least occasionally exceed expectations. So they're nailing the role, and part of the nailing of the role is they, from time to time, minimum, sometimes more often than that, they're, an ex- they're exceeding expectations. And that there is some time at that. And this is where I'm going to go real vague on you. And I know that stinks. Depending on the role, depending on the industry, depending on 
the organization are all going to have potential factors on how long the person needs to prove themselves in that role before they really should have the doors open to the next level of opportunity. Okay, so what I mean by that is, hey, if I'm assistant manager at McDonald's and I crush it for six months, maybe I'm ready for manager material. Um, if I'm a person running a, a residential real estate office, uh, maybe I need to do that for three years before I'm ready to step into an ownership position or have equity opportunity or get the opportunity to go open another location or something like that, right? What we're basically trying to weed out is the flash in the pan aspect. There's usually aspects to high achievers that some can fake for a time. In other words, the true high achiever can achieve at that level, continue to nail the job, nail the role, and exceed expectations almost in, the, in perpetuity. What we're looking for is when somebody's begun to do that, do they have the lasting power to do that? And do they have the loyalty that the organization is looking for? Do they have the long-term culture that the organization is looking for? And some of that you won't know until you go through a few cycles. So for some businesses, for a lot of businesses, I would assume, a typical cycle would be annual, right? We've got, geez, we got a really busy season, right? So, wow, they really made it through the busy season and they, you know, exceeded expectations and, and, and. Well, that was great. Okay. What happens next year? Now that they know what's coming, now that they've you know, felt the, the mileage of that in the role that they're in, do they show up with the same vigor the second time around? So I think there's an aspect to what is the what does the cycle of your business look like? And have we been through a few of them? Um, you know, and, and again, it depends on, depends on the industry. You might have a 90-day cycle. You might have, you know, and maybe that has to do with temporary employees or this, that, and the other thing, and kind of going through a few waves of them. You might have annual. It could be much longer than annual, quite honestly. Um, you know, if you've got if you got people who are dealing with um, you know multi-year projects, you know, and it takes multiple years to go take a project from start to finish, I might need somebody who's got four or five years, not a, not just of experience, but of experience in the role, nailing it and exceeding expectations before that next level of opportunity is going to be unlocked for them. So I've got to encourage you to look at what is your natural business cycle, what does that look like, and how, how would that influence the timing of opening the doors to other opportunities. Another thought on this would be that there are times when 
the hiring environment, the employment environment that we are in might force you or push you to create more opportunity a little bit quicker than perhaps that natural cycle would pertain to. So here's what I mean by that. Used to coach some uh, businesses up in the Northwest. A lot of competition, competition from tech companies, a lot of competition from some of the big name companies that you're aware of, you know, consumer facing products, da, 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 da. Um, and a lot of competition from other stuff, B2B stuff, you know, Boeing, that kind of thing. So, you know, really, really hot employment market, which means even the most entry level job is starting out in, say, a forty to $50,000 a year uh, opportunity, and then it's going from there. So how does a smaller employer compete with a Boeing, let's say, who's hiring somebody off the street at forty dollars or $50,000 a year, nice fat benefits package, blah, blah, blah? Well, having them have benchmarks to where they can get to opportunity quicker in your organization versus how they could get there in a bigger organization. That's what I mean of kind of the forcing of your hand that might have to happen. And sometimes that's just, you've got to get a lot better at communicating what those opportunities look like if they stick with you. Or we need to communicate the stepping stone increases to the opportunities. Maybe it's not from entry level to manager, but there's entry level to entry level lead to assistant manager to manager. It's still this three year cycle, you know, to get from start to finish, but we're we're going to be able to kind of dole out pieces of that responsibility to get there. Uh, and that's an opportunity again in a competitive labor market that they wouldn't get at one of these larger um, employers that we're competing against for talent. So a bunch of different opportunities to, to kind of look at it on that front. The long and the short of it though, I don't know, it's been a bunch of time getting here. When your people want more and they're good people, they're talented people, they're people that nail their role, they consistently deliver above and beyond the expectations or the minimum standards, your leadership role becomes creating, finding, opening the doors to, or getting out of the way so that they can get to other opportunity, so they can get to more. That becomes your job. How do you create more opportunity for them? How do you partner with them in a way that creates opportunity for them? How do you proactively seek opportunity for them? And how do you, if they come to you with opportunity, get out of the way so they can seek that opportunity and get after it? All assuming that they do it in a fashion that stays in business with you, that they stay in business with you as those opportunities come and begin to flourish. That becomes your job. It's still a lead generation job for you. For a lot of you, you started a small business and you had to lead generate, you had to do a business development, right? 
and to do business development for clients, prospects, leads, lead gen. You're in the lead generation business and then put your specialty hat on, right? You're a lead generation business and then once you have a client, now you're a photographer. Now you're a loan officer. Now you're a small business owner that does property maintenance, whatever it might be. Lead gen. Next level of growth, now you're lead generating for talent. You're doing all you can do. You want to continue to grow your business. You got to have other people with you. We now become a lead generator for talent. How do I find people to help me get to the next level? Still lead generation. And what I'm telling you is when it comes to staying in business with great people who want more, it's still a lead generation game. It's just now we're lead generating for other opportunity. We have to proactively seek out opportunities for our best people, those that exceed expectations consistently. When your people want more, you got to keep doing what you've been doing all along. Generate leads. Hope this has been helpful. Just throw it out there to you that, uh, again, if there's ever a leadership conversation or uh, a business development conversation you'd love us to dig into, we'd be happy to spend some time on a podcast on that and uh, and get that to you. Uh, we're also going to, in the future, you're going to start hearing from some of our other coaches as well, um, talking about other topics on the Knowles Development Podcast as well. So you're not going to just get stuck listening to me all the time. So hope this has been helpful, and we'll talk to you next time. Go get them. Bye-bye.